Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. And I am excited to be with you once again. Going to bring you another one of those. It's funny because I've said we're going to start doing some topical-themed episodes And one of the first ones I did actually featured this guest that's on today. So we're bringing it full circle and having him on again. Uh, But this this time, you know, I we want to talk this week about falling off track and getting back on track. And I thought there was no one better for me to have on to talk about that than another person who has been in this battle with weight loss for about as long as I have. He's I'm a few years older. And he'll probably, you know, constantly remind us about that. But it is Anthony Domenico, who has been on the show before. You can go and check his episodes. I will actually put links in the show notes today. But Anthony, how are you doing today? What's going on, Gormy? How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm in sunny California, and you're in Blizzard Town on the East I'm Coast. I'm in Blizzard Town, Long Island right now. Yeah. Um, the snow started last night uh, about 7 o'clock. And it's been snowing ever since. So we're hoping we stay connected. You know, you don't get buried. You know, nothing gets buried. That's that's too urgent. But we'll we should be good. Uh, at least I know you're not going to run away because there's no, no there's I've, literally I've, nowhere for you to go. I have nowhere to go. Uh, the snow drifts are like over a foot high and uh, two feet high. And um, I don't know where the shovel is. I, so I moved into this new apartment. I'm on the second floor. So um, yeah, I, this is where I'm going to be for a little while. So there's a lot working in my favor having you on today, so I appreciate that. No and problem. Like I said, both Anthony and I have had very storied and long journeys when it comes to weight loss, weight gain, going off track, getting on track, and I really thought it would be a good topic for us to really dive into some of our perspective, um, being in our 40s, having been doing this for a while, bring you a little bit of a different perspective than you might have heard before from some people. And so I, I'm excited for us to get into it, man. But first, I know this is going to be hard for you to, to understand, but there might be some people out there who don't know who you are. So I'm wondering no, if you can no, give us probably, a... Everybody doesn't know who I am. Right. So why don't you give the people a quick introduction uh, to who you are, man? Sure. Just, uh, you know, um, like I said, I'm, my 40, I'm 42 years old. Um, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, podcaster. Uh, you know, I work a day job in the generator business. Uh, you know, I've struggled my weight my whole life. Uh, I've been on and off different weight loss plans, mostly WW, uh, then, you know, past Weight Watchers. And I've had success number of different times in my early 20s, um, my early 30s. And then just recently that really, I guess, people know me from, if you know me at all, is, you know, I lost over 200 pounds on WW in like, I think it was like two years, two and a half years. Um, and it's been, you know, it was a great run. Like, you know, it, it was crazy. And I'm saying it wasn't easy. 
but like if people from the outside people were like oh my god it just seems like it's falling off you no it, it was a lot of hard work and everything and that's what sometimes the misconception with that comes from but at my lowest i think i was down like 217 or 219 and then you know that this last year and i i you know people blame the pandemic i don't blame the pandemic i don't blame anything like that because you still gotta get up every day you still gotta eat and you know track your food and make your plans and everything else it wasn't the pandemic or covid i i got through that pretty well you know i had a personal thing that i went through that you know once again those bad habits creep in it was nothing nothing was going on in the news or anything like that it was my own demons that i thought i had gotten past and that's the scary part that's what really is scares me to to this day is that i thought that was behind me because i did so well through other things like it but this last one really kind of threw me for a loop. And this last year, you know, I put on uh, a good, a good part, a good weight, and uh, not all of it, um, but you know, close to half of it is back on. And it's scary, you know. You, you put back close to a hundred pounds. Um, you know, you, you you're wondering, is this gonna, is this now just gonna keep going, and then I'll end up where I was when I started. And that's kind of like where now I'm at. Now is kind of like getting refocused and it's it's hard it's harder now than it's ever been and i think because i've been through it i've, I've done it i'm frustrated you, know, you get frustrated that you let yourself get back to this point where you were you know you look at old pictures and videos and there you are and you're in your groove and doing the whole damn thing and now here it's like i gotta find this motivation again like how many how many of these do i have in me that's you know and that's kind of where I'm at now, is where I'm, you know, getting back on the horse again. I'm not really saying what I'm doing. Um, keeping it more private, so to speak, as far as, like, my plan and what I'm doing. Because I it's now I really need it to be about me and not about a, a post on social media. And I think I got wrapped up in that as well, like we, we all do. And so uh, I'm not doing this for likes or for follows. I'm doing this because I need to reel it in and just get my life back on mm -hmm. track. No, I think that makes sense. And I... I understand all of those feelings having been through that cycle so many times myself and even seeing myself over the past year working on maintenance and putting on more than I than I would want to and going through those feelings and that fear there so it's like big picturing it like there when there's like when you go through that that gain and regain because we have a lot of friends in the community you know the weight loss community the social media community and it's incredible to me. And, and I think it's mostly also a lot of them are, are significantly younger than you and I, um, that they haven't been through that place. You know, they haven't been through any of that roller coaster. You know, they haven't. And, and I don't say that to invalidate anyone's experiences or anything, but there is something different about the experience when you've had that. It's like the brass ring on the old fashioned carousel. You've got the prize within reach you go to grab that ring and then realize that you're still going around in circles. You know, you're still in that place. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, and a lot of them haven't been through, you know, life yet. Like, you know, really had heartbreaks or losses and unless I, you know, I hope nobody ever experiences some of the things that I have and, you know, or, or vice versa, you know, but like, or I remember when I was 23 and to 25, when I first lost weight, I thought I was invincible. I thought, you know, and I was very cocky and arrogant about it. And thank God there wasn't social media around when that, because I would have been unbearable, absolutely unbearable. I probably would have hated myself even, you know, but like, and then like, you know, when I lost it, when I had 
success the second time. It, it was I never was really in it. You know, I never really. I just was doing it to lose weight for a wedding. Uh, not mine. My brother was getting married. I just wanted to be able to, you know, be able to rent a tux without having to, you know, call out of the tent maker. And uh, but you know, it. And then after this, this recently, this time, I really thought the mindset had changed. I, I really thought that I had gotten through a lot of those things. But you know, things bring those old those old demons back, and you know, now it's fighting them again and dealing with it, and ho you know, now hopefully putting away for good. And let's. Let's kind of get into the because I think there's different things that happen, um, mm -hmm. you know, as a as a part of this. Like I like I said at the beginning, you know, there's the getting off track and getting back on track, and I feel like those are questions that I get a lot. Like first, the question you get, especially you know, for those who aren't too familiar with my story, obviously you can listen to episodes of this podcast where I've talked about it or other interviews that I've given. But I went through, I went and lost, I went from 540 to 210 pounds in from 2010 to 2013. And basically put all the weight back on, or almost all the weight back on, uh, in just a few months. And kind of had that goal, lost it, fell hard. And through all of that, you know, I had that perspective. You talked about that. You know, I'm invincible. You know, I've done everything I need to do. I've taken care of everything. All of that's gone. That's all changed. And I think it's, you know, in a lot of ways, it, it, I've described it before as like hubris. Like, you know, pride, pride gets involved and you start to think, you know, well, that's not going to happen to me. And I see that a lot with people, you know, I've lost it. and I'm never going to deal with this. And I kind of, there's that part of me that always wants to be like, well, let, let's, let's wait 20 more years and see what happens. Let's give it 10 years. Like, let's, you know, I, I like you said, you don't wish anything on a person, No. but a lot of different things happen that affect, you know, when you're in that place of success. And I think one of the questions that I get that I would like us to kind of start talking about is what is your perspective on falling off track when you're in that place of success? You know, when you, when things, when you have that prize that everyone is, everyone else is fighting to get, you know, what, do, what are your thoughts when it comes to why you think, and it, I think we, we're going to talk some generalities as well. Like obviously we speak from our own experiences, but we have our perspectives that we've seen through other people's experiences as well. Like, what do you think comes into play when a person is being successful and then has that moment where next thing you know, they're, they're back in that place they were in before? Yeah, I think it's just something, you know, that comes out of almost like out of the blue that kind of hits them for, you know, um, unexpectedly. And I, I think that, you know, part of it is, you know, cockiness and, and, and being arrogant where they think they could let themselves slide for a little bit. And they're like, oh, I'll just get back on because I because I've done this. But when you, oh, I this is my feeling. When you open that door and you kind of let those things start creeping back in, it's harder to shut it. it, it, it those old habits come back. You know, it, it's it almost and then it becomes like weight loss is like your job. And you know, you it's almost like yeah, I'm I'm on vacation. I retired. It's great. I don't have to ever do this again. And then you know that you're not mindful of things and the weight. So it's come back on, and then it's just like a it's a snowball effect, you know. Pardon the pun that it's a blizzard outside, um, but it just really it takes all it takes you know over your life almost like the way that losing weight did. It's like you know you're to me for me it's like I'm sneak eating. I'm you know not letting people see what I'm doing. I'm being more secretive about things, and it's almost like that that you know like almost like a drug addict when he's hiding that about him. 
by, by him, him or herself, you know, and to me, it's that's what it is. It's, it's the secretness of it that I just go into my own little world. Mm. And um, on the outside, it looks like everything is fine, but on the inside, it's crumbling. Oh, yeah. And I think you hit on something that's important in all of this, and that's that, you know, we think we have everything handled and we think we've learned everything we need to learn. And it's always something unexpected that can spark off these moments. And I think that has to do with like, we, we try so hard, especially when you're on a weight loss journey to be like, let me cover all the possibilities and think about all the possible situations I might deal with. And you can run scenarios in your head. You can do all of that, but it's until you're living in those moments that you see what has actually been built up and what actually has changed. And some things have and some things haven't. You know, there's that that part, you know, I, I get people that DM me all the time and they desperately are like, you know, just all I need you to, the only thing that's going to help me go, keep going today is if you just tell me that at some point I'm not going to feel this way about food or I'm not going to deal with, with things this way or I'm not going to have these challenges anymore. And I'm like, I would love to lie to you. I would, I, <laughs> I would love to lie and say that everything's, it's, you know, it's the same thing, you know, I'm in the keto space. I get people that come to me and they say, you know, my cousin or my sister-in-law went keto and she says she was never hungry again a day in her life. I want to do that. And I'm like, your sister-in-law is a dirty liar. That is not the way the world works or your body. I'm very sorry. Uh, but it's like being honest with like realizing that we can't, we can't be ready for everything. You know, I, I look at, you know, I have... I can probably I don't probably don't have enough fingers to count the number of times that I lost over a hundred pounds, you know, at different points on, on in my life, and put it back on. And every time you're convinced that you've you've done what you need to do. And I, I think one of the important things is realizing that all of those experiences have to teach us lessons. And the sad thing is that when we learn the lessons from time A, time B happens. And you might not have learned the right lessons that you needed to handle time B. So you go through time B. And then it's like, okay, well, when, what happens when C comes around? Have I learned enough? Have I not learned enough? And that's not to tell people that anything is inevitable or that, you know, to live in fear. But it is to say, don't just focus on one thing. Like you said, you know, when life becomes about weight loss and it eventually can become about being off track, you know, when you make everything just about weight loss, you're missing out on other, other work that you need to be doing. You're missing out on other things that you need to be working on, how you handle different situations. Like, because for a lot of us, especially those of us, you know, like you, like me, that have been significantly overweight, it isn't just that we like to eat. You know, it isn't just that food is something that we discovered that we enjoyed more than other people. And so there we ended up. You know, it's, it's the different things that we use food for in our lives that also come into play. You know, whether it's as coping mechanisms or emotional reactions or joy or entertainment or whatever it is, it's being cognizant of all of that. And so, again, not just focusing on the scale, but focusing on all those things. And that's exhausting. I think that's the other thing that comes into play. Like when I think about like going off track and when I've gone off track, like it's never it's t the hard thing is like for me, like I don't think I've ever accidentally fallen off track. For me, I feel like in a lot, most of the time, it's always been a conscious decision that I've reached a point where I'm like, I'm exhausted, I don't want to do this anymore, or I've done enough. You know, like there's there's always been that consciousness there for me. So I can't look back and say, oh, you know, I slipped and fell into a, bo a box of donuts. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I accidentally got locked, you know, 
I accidentally got locked in a pizza shop overnight and the ovens were still on. So what else was I going to do? Like, yeah, I made 20 pizzas and I ate them. What right. Like, you know, I got trapped at a McDonald's drive through and the only way to get out was to eat my way through a wall of Big Macs. Like, it was, ne- that was never, that was never it for me. It was always, but I think that also was a part of the challenge for me was because of that. That's how I, that I saw it all as choices. You know, that I saw it all as, okay, I'm not that person that slips. I'm that person that chooses to slip. And I think again, yeah. there, there's a, there's an arrogance to that, you know, like there's a, you know, a, instead of admitting that there's more going on that I, you know, it's that idea of wanting to be in control of everything. And sometimes realizing that there are things that we're not in control of, even stuff going on inside of ourselves. And it's when you can admit that you're not in control of everything that you can actually start to see the things that you need to be on guard about. And you need to see the things that are there because otherwise you live in that place of, well, I have, I have a handle on everything. You know, there's nothing going, there's nothing for me to work on. It's just, I did this, you know, this is what I do. This is what happens. And because I, I felt that way too about like, you know, being, I, I felt so out of control this past year and where was opposed to when I was losing weight felt so in control. And, you know, that, and that was, to me, that was really scary. And, you know, I, you know, you don't know how you're going to get back. And then like, you know, then you think you have control of it that you're, it's weird. Like, it's almost like you have control out of your out of controlness and then like to, how I'm getting back into it now. And then each time you do it, it's like, no, but I kind of like, eating whatever I want and because everything else is so calculated and planned out, it's, it, it feels good. It's almost like, you know, lawlessness for a little, you know, mm-hmm. for a criminal. That's uh-huh. the best way I can put it. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I think there also is a part of it too, you know, to speak to those people out there that have a significant amount of weight to lose, to realize that we all love to talk about, you know, your journey is not going to be over in a day. It's going to take time. And the reality is, is though that significant amount of time that it takes, you experience a lot of different things during that time, you know, and when you're fighting hard, as hard as you can to save your life and fix your health and all of those things, it's, it's like going to war every day. And eventually something happens where you're just out of, you know, the bucket's empty, you know, and it doesn't mean that you have to fall off, but it means that the possibility of those other issues resurfacing gets stronger because you haven't built in that place of how do I recharge those batteries as I'm going through this? You know, it's when you talk to people, especially people that have done a weight loss plan or a program or something along those lines where they're like, they had to white knuckle their way through it. You know, as a human being, you can only white knuckle for so long. You can only fight so hard. You know, you can, there's only so much. And like I say to people all the time, like, there's only so much in your cup, and if you need to refill that cup, it's okay. Like, it's okay to shift focus. It's okay, You know, I've got a, a friend who's been on the podcast before, uh, Willie Gillis, and one of the things that I think Willie has really mastered on this journey, who he's also been through that place of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, is he sets time periods for, I'm in an active cut right now, and okay, now I'm going to work on maintenance for a few months and take time and then go back to cutting again. Like... He's seen that he knows that if he just pushes pedal to the wall, you know, pedal to the floor consistently and goes for as long as he can, eventually it reaches a burnout point. And so I think there's something smart there about that idea of also be learning to be cognizant of what is draining you, what's putting you in that place, you know, 
asking yourself these questions that we're talking about, you know, when you go off track, what is it that's putting you off track? You know, is it a, is it a reaction to a situation? Because I think one of the things that that I've learned doing this podcast, you know, especially talking to guys that have been on similar roller coasters is often there's similarities to those situations that lead to that quote unquote off trackness. You know, it's not and we're not always cognizant of those patterns when we're living them. But it's when you share it with someone else or you put it down on paper or you share it with someone you're working with or something along those lines that an outside voice might say, well, do you realize that this happens around X time? You know, I've got someone that, I'm, that I work with, you know, and he's very cognizant of the fact that when his weight gets to a certain point in terms of his weight loss, that's when he tends to fall off. It, and it's because most of the physical restrictions that he used to feel in his body are gone. You know, it's that idea. It's crazy. And it's, and it's, no, but it's, and it's even, it's more that you let your guard down because you're not struggling to get upstairs anymore. You know, putting your shoes on doesn't exhaust you. Getting your body clean isn't a challenge. Like those things that you deal with when you are significantly overweight, when they go away, they're not the driving force anymore. You know, they're not that thing that's getting, when you wake up every day, you're, you're grateful you're alive. Well, now you're going to be alive, you know? You're not in fear of imminent death anymore. So all of that old behavior that you might not have actually done enough, you know, been able to do enough work on yet because you have been in that place of, of triage, of taking care of, like trying to keep yourself alive, can start to rear its head. And it's easy, you know, that's something I, when he first said that to me, I was like, you know, that nails for me a lot of, way, a lot of the ways that I felt throughout my journey where it's always when I got to that point of having enough weight off that, you know, I could do all those things that I couldn't do before, that that pride and hubris comes back in of, well, maybe I can make these different choices now and be okay. You know, maybe I've somehow magically learned lessons that I didn't do any work on, you know? Yeah. It's it's hard to see yourself through all of that. So I, I, I think like this, I don't think there's, I think the bigger point is that there isn't one reason that people fall off track. There isn't one thing that a person does no. wrong, you know? So there isn't, there isn't something right now that we can share where we'd say, well, just make sure you don't do X, Y, and Z, you know, don't do this and you'll never be in that place. You know, yeah, the- because everybody's different. Their weight, everybody's weight loss journey is different too. Like you can't say to somebody, well, do this and you'll have the same success or do this and you'll be just like me. Everybody's built differently. And so the same way everybody's weight loss journey is different and things that bring you to it and the successes that you have and the tools that you use, you know, that's different for everybody. The same thing as far as now getting off track and everything. Different things bring, you know, everybody has their own thing. Like what did it for me might not be the same for other people. Like it's crazy. Like I was listening to you say what your friend said about that. And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my God, like I never, I never thought of it that way. But like, you know, we do because, you know, when, if you are like severely overweight, you don't take those things for granted when, once you get them. It's like, oh my God, I'm here now. Now what? And I, I get it. It's kind of like, I, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Swingers, but there's, there's a scene in the movie where, like, he's talking about, like, you know, when am I finally going to get over this girl? And his friends tell him, like, well, eventually you just will. And then he goes, but then you'll miss the pain. You'll miss, you'll miss her, you'll miss the pain almost for the same reasons why you missed her, because you live with her for so long. And it's true. We live with these things so long. Like you said, worrying about death, getting upstairs, um, just doing normal, everyday things. That now when you have it, it, it really just blew my mind like that you said that, like how we put that that way because I never thought of it that way before. Like miss it, like, you know, now what do I do that I can do all this stuff? 
that's to me that's it's it's I I really like I never I never thought of it that way. Well, it's it's why I think because for me, like for so many years, I had built my identity around being the big guy, being the funny fat guy, like Same. all of those things that we've talked about, and there's comfort in that. And yeah. for me, you know, I I un, unapologetically loved eating. Like I loved the way that I ate. I there, you know, it was killing me, but I loved it. I can't explain psychologically why that's why I'm wired that way, but. I didn't, you know, there were, there were a lot of things that I didn't, I didn't mind being the bigger guy. Like it wasn't that I woke up every day I didn't either. in this place of, oh God, I got to do something today. Oh, you know, when I fail by breakfast, like that was never my mindset. Like for me, it was, a, I was either on or I was off. And when I was off, there was nothing that could put me back on immediately. Like it was very much in that place of this is my life. I'm just going to, and it's why I got to that place when I did put the weight back on of saying, this is just how I'm going to die. You know, it could come in yeah. a year. It could come in five years. It could come in 20 years. But this is how I'm going to die. I know this will be related. And right now, I just don't feel like I have it in me to fight that. Like, I don't or I don't have the desire to fight it. Like, I enjoy my life too much the way it is. As and, and the hard thing is for people on the outside to hear that, you know, for a lot of individuals, especially people that haven't been overweight or have only been slightly overweight, the life I was living, the life you were living, all of that is their deepest fear. You know, it's the house is burning down and you're not doing anything to try to put the fire out. Like, it literally is this this primal fear of how can you feel that way? And I, I wish I had an answer for it. You know, I wish there was a way to just say, well, I'll, this is what di this is this is the piece that's broken or wrong. This is what this is what causes that. This is why that's there. You know, it's like that idea of when people watch shows like My 600-Pound Life, and they're like, well, you know, if I got to 200 pounds, I would do something about it. You know, I would never mm -hmm. let myself get to that place. You know, I would never let that happen. And it's like you're, it's different when you're that person. You know, it's different. Yeah, and when, I, I, go ahead. I know one of the reasons for me why, you know, especially as an adult, was I was living my dream. I was just, I'm, I was just, I'm a stand-up comedian. I, I'm not famous. Like, you know, I'm not rich from it, but I – got on stage regularly, hired to tell jokes to people. And my weight, you know, I didn't do jokes about my weight. I was a, you know, it was, I was just a big guy who was a comedian. And, you know, I think for me, like, it was like, well, you know, here I am every night. I'm on stage. I'm just a guy who was big telling jokes. And it wasn't, to me, the weight was secondary. It was my, you know, being talented enough to be booked and to, to be wanted, to, you know, um, to be seen by people. That kind of almost made it okay. It was like that was my identity. And it was, you know, so it didn't stop me. Like, you know, my I wasn't a baseball player who put weight back on and couldn't play baseball anymore or an athlete. I was a stand-up comic. And I was doing exactly what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And it wasn't until, you know, weight eventually, you know, did play a factor in it when I got, you know, really bad. But the first, like, five, six years, it was, I think it was one of the reasons why I didn't do anything is because I enjoyed living that life of being in the club, staying out late, you know, going to the diner after with the other comics, eating, sleeping late, you getting back up again, doing the whole thing. Uh, that was my life, and I enjoyed it. And, it, it, you know, weight wasn't, you know... It wasn't like I woke up every morning. I, I got to no. I woke up every morning, but like, how am I going to be more successful at comedy? It wasn't. I weight wasn't even on my mind at that point.
No, understood. And I think, I think one of the things also that that comes into play that we don't often talk about enough is the power of, of learned behavior when it comes to food. You know, the idea that when food becomes a coping mechanism, when food becomes an emotional crutch, when food becomes an emotional resource, when it becomes your best friend, when it becomes all of those things, those are, are pathways that become well-worn in your brain. You know, they're not switches that can be flipped on and off. You know, it is the instinct. You know, it, it, it becomes instinctual, you know, which is, you know, horrific when you think about it. You know, the idea that your instinct can be to do something that's harmful. But people do all kinds of self-harm, you know, and do it, don't do it for the reason of harming themselves. You know, it's, it's never what that's about, you know, whether it's about a power relation in their life or, like I said, it's about an emotional coping mechanism. So asking someone to alter their coping mechanisms just by changing the food they're eating doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, that's not, that's, that's not doing the work that needs to be done to help, you know, change that. You know, it's that idea of, of identifying when you're turning to it and then determining what sorts of circumstances drive that and what are other things that you can do. And it's one of those things that when I'm working with clients who, who work with these, you know, who live with these issues, you know, we create concrete lists of, you know, a dozen things that you're going to do instead of eat in these situations, you know, printed lists, lists on the phone, you know, something to turn to. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But it's that idea of, trying to rewire that pathway. And I think it's also why it can take a long time, you know, to actually even feel like you have a handle on those things. Like weight loss, you know, it's that idea of, you know, losing the weight on your body is very different than losing the weight in your head. You know, it's very different, you know, and, and I think it can take several rounds for, for some people to be able to start getting all of those pieces to click together at the same time. And that's the, the, the bigger challenge because, it's not always going to work out. It's not always going to be, you know, you might have one thing going well, but the other piece isn't. Like, it's about trying to bring that perfect storm together and trying to be successful at that. And as we know, for a lot of folks, that doesn't happen. You know, it No. It, no, I always saw myself, even when I lost weight, I didn't see myself as the guy who lost 200 pounds. I saw myself still as the guy who was 200 pounds heavier. I couldn't disconnect that. And I, that also played, um, I think a big part now looking back at it because I never like really got comfortable being smaller because it was all, you know, it's crazy. Our, our identity, like you said before, it was, we were the, you know, the big fat funny guy and that's, you know, and people would always say like, and this is what used to drive me insane at, at shows sometimes. And, you know, we wanted to like, just like tell people where to go. Um, I don't do a lot. I don't do weight jokes. I don't do, I do jokes about me and maybe sometimes my weight will like come into it because it's, it's my life. But like, I don't do like, I jokes about like, you know, the typical fat guy jokes like, Hey, you know, uh, I don't do this because of my weight or I eat this or I eat that, whatever. Um, and people are like, Oh, if you keep losing weight, you, you know, what are you going to talk about? Like, did you listen to anything I said? So it's like, still like, it wasn't like, Sometimes that would make, that would mess with me. Like, you know, like, oh my God, like they're still not listening to me. They're like, you know, it's like I'm losing weight, but it's like they're not accepting it almost. And that kind of, it's not, it wasn't a big factor, but sometimes it would, after a show, be like, well, maybe I should just go eat anyway. What, what does it, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. No, understood. And that's, like I, when I talk to people, when, when people try to comprehend, once they actually believe 
what happened to me in 2013 that, you know, the fact that I put the weight on so fast, you know, they're, <clears throat> they're always like, well, why, you know, why, 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 you know, that, that question comes up. And a big part of it was because I knew who 500 pound Gourmet was. I didn't know who 200 pound Gourmet was and had done nothing at all to even explore what that life would be like. You know, you have all those those things that you quote unquote want to do, but really when you're when you're 500 pounds, when you're 400 pounds, when you're 600 pounds, a lot of the things that you want to do aren't, you know, well I've always, you know, I've always been a devotee of sailing and I want to be able to, you know, sail the world or, you know, hang gliding is my passion and I just was always too heavy to hang glide. You know, like things along those lines. It's, you know, I want to be able to buy clothes without paying $75 for a pair of pants. Oh, geez. you know, yes. I want to be, <laughs> I want to, I want to be able to go into a restaurant or a movie theater or someone's house and not worry about furniture holding me. Yes. So it's all of these things that most people take for granted and your, your thoughts are focused on getting to that place of not having to, you know, not having to do the mental gymnastics to handle life, you know, in that body. But life is about so much more than just how we physically move through space. Life is about so much more than clothes, you know. So it's one of those things where when I talk to someone and they're like, you know, I really, because it's a, it is a strong, real thing. When someone has only known the inside of a DXL since they were a kid, you know, or they outgrew DXL and the only place they can get clothes is that king size direct catalog that is, you know, fantastic. And their thought is, you know, I want to be able to, I want to be able to walk into Walmart and buy clothes. No, true. Um, and, and you that say, was like, well, let me just finish this point okay. and then I'll, I'll let you talk about that. But that's when I say to that person, it's about more than that. You know, yeah. it is about more than that. Let's dig into it a little bit because it's, why do you want to be able to do that? Like you got to, you got to dig deeper because one, you need that deeper why to help keep you motivated because eventually you are going to be able to buy clothes at Walmart. And so you hit that goal. Great. You know, you fit into the 3XL and the size 50 pants at Walmart you're good to go, you know, and for some people, you're good to go, you know, that's fine. But for the, the person who had that as their driving force, they get there, they realize that they're not done. And there's nothing left holding the ship together. You know, there's nothing else behind that motivation. So that's a big thing to realize that there's a there's a deeper force behind not wanting to break furniture. There's a deeper force behind not wanting to be embarrassed because you can't fit into a friend's car. There's there's something deeper that you need that it's good to explore that. It's a oh, absolutely. But, you know, like you're getting back to that, like those are things that, you know, when they happen are amazing. You know, like I remember the first time I bought clothes at Old Navy. I remember the first time, you know, I didn't have to, I guess I could just fit in a booth. And it was like, and it was almost like I didn't even try to attempt it until I was almost 200 pounds down. I remember I was meeting, um, I was meeting somebody, I was a, a girl for the first time, and I was like, I don't, I was like, I want to sit in a booth, it's more private, you know, because you're meeting up with somebody, and like, I was like, I don't want to be like, let me get the table, and I just like, so I just sat down, I got there for her, and I was like, elated that I, it just was like, no, nothing was hitting my belly, nothing, it was just like, and it was like, I, I, I but I wouldn't even attempt it. That was the crazy. Like, I wouldn't attempt it, like, even just to, you know, try it because you have that fear of, like, you know, squeezing in and then your shirt's, like, all wrinkled where the 
it's like struggling to meet and um you're dropping food on yourself because the belly's over the, the table and no one really gets that until you, until you live it and the same thing going to the movies or going to random places with wicker furniture and like all these other crazy things and i think it kind of goes back to what your friend was saying about you know once this isn't a problem anymore you know then what's your motivation and you know it, to me it was it was great like i didn't have any i got to the point where everything that was a struggle as far as like you know as a because then as a comic it became like i gotta walk to the gigs and i wasn't walking so well and like where am i sitting if there's no you know I, oh my god there's no stools I gotta, I gotta stand for two hours like all these things became a factor um and then they weren't anymore and great you know it was great to then you try to almost draw inspiration from that you're like then the non-scale victories start and then you kind of get in that, I think, mentality of like, oh my God, now I'm in this this world of everything's a non-scale victory. But that all, like, it, and it boils down to what I think we're getting to more and more is that what else, you know, why is that, why do you need that motivation like that? You know, why can't it just be like, I want to be healthy, I want to, you know, it has to be like, no, it has to be something bigger than that. I I think it really stems down to this this crazy world of social media that we're in right now. And I think everything has to be a post. Everything has to be this monumental thing where, you know, let's just get down to the basics of it. Anytime you get up in a day and you can make the conscious choice to make a healthy choice and be do something that makes your life better, that is a monumental achievement. Because people don't realize when you, when you go through it just how, how hard that is. And, you know, we, we need these epic moments that we have to celebrate. I'm guilty of it too. I mean, you go through my Instagram page, you go through my my podcast. They're filled they're full of it. They're, that's all like, you know, it's full of these moments and these these things that I had to build up because I was trying to motivate myself. I was trying to push myself more and more. I wasn't just happy with the fact that I was healthy. I was, you know, you know, doing something the achievement itself of losing weight is great. And I, I kind of didn't I got lost in the showmanship of it, I guess. Um, that was one aspect of, I guess, putting it back on a number of things played into it, but that, you know, now that as we're talking and I'm thinking about these things that are coming into my head, I'm sorry if it's going off topic or these tangents, but, um, you know, it's just, it really, it, I think it's just, it plays into today's society where it has to be an event. It has to be, you know, a, a 15 second clip of something where it's, it's more than that. And, you know, that's why I'm, I'm being more private with it this time. You know, and I, I get messages and DMs about like, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, because they have to know. They have, they, you know, I have to know you. You've always told us. Um, I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'll tell you like as far as just you know mental health check in and you know my on track or my off track. But like as far as that all, it, it has to be about you know getting back to basics and and just you know not needing these big monumental things because once they're gone. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta motivate yourself. It's, it's not gonna be, um, you know, like you said, like getting into a, a chair or a movie seat or a diner booth. It, it, these things have to be bigger than that. And I think it's, you know, we don't just worry about our health and be, you know, and, and staying alive and that stuff. That's for some reason that, you know, that always, uh, I, the, the, that narrative always sometimes falls to the side, you know, because look at me, I can, I could do push-ups with my knuckles or I can. Um, I don't know. I could do these, these things now that I never could. And it's, you know, let's, for me, it's, it's health and I, I want to be alive for a long time. And, um, if I keep, if I 
keep backtracking that that's not going to happen so that right. to me that's my mo- that's my motivation now well i think it is about connecting to that deeper why because that's the other thing because there's going to eventually come to a point and this is something that i've dealt with and i struggled with a while back and i i think pl- also played a role in in some of my in some of the regain points i hit was when you've been someone that was 100 pounds heavier, 200 pounds heavier, 300 pounds heavier, and you lose the weight. In a lot of ways, like you said, we develop that identity around becoming, you know, going from being, I'm the big guy to I'm the weight loss guy. And you eventually hit a point where you're not going to lose weight anymore, you know, because you don't need to, you know, you hit that, you hit maintenance, you hit that, you hit your goal, you hit that place. And if all you've been doing is working on defining yourself as, as the weight loss person, then that becomes really hard to live out. That becomes really challenging because you're going to start meeting people. You're going to, you know, your job changes. You go to a new, you go to a new store. You become a regular at a new bar. Like any of those things happen. And people don't know you as that person that's been on this, this years long journey. They don't know you as that person that, you know, and you don't just hand out cards when you walk, when you meet new people. Like, you know, you don't wear a shirt that's like, this used to be me. Like, that we haven't normalized that yet, thank God. Um, but it's coming. You know, it's coming. Um, <laughs> now that you said it, why next yeah, week? So gonna there's someone who's going to do it. But transformation cards. Um, <laughs> but I think you know, I you, you so you hit that point where it's like I defined myself this way, and I switched that. You know, I define myself yeah. this way now. And okay, now how do I define myself? I don't know. So all you know is what there was before. You know, all you know is those other things. And instead of having that continued motivation, that continued drive to want to live, you know, that if you don't read also, because if you don't redefine that motivation, redefine that why, you know, re-clarify it. Because if you're like my why when I got started this time was I wanted to live and because I knew I wasn't going to on the path that I was on. So when I hit a point where it wasn't about wanting to live anymore because I was going to live, that my health was great, everything was perfect, you know, numbers were great, doctors are happy, all of those things then what does it become about? You have to redefine that for yourself. Like, I specifically think people that have been on weight loss journeys need to get comfortable comfortable with the idea that goals are going to be a part of your life forever and need to be a part of your life. And the goals don't always have to be about weight and they don't have to be about, you know, those things, but it's got to be about having a driving force so you understand what your purpose is so that you're not caught off guard when those other issues rear their heads. Like you understand what your purpose is. You understand what you're doing. You understand the life you're living. And like you said, in our, in our social media culture, you know, if it's not, you know, because how do you keep posting, you know, eventually you run out of pictures to post. Eventually you run out of, you know, there's always new adventures, but you run out of different ways to share it and different ways to say it and all of those things. Like it has to be something that can exist. Cause also what if social media goes away? Like, what happens then? You know, and I've had that discussion with people before. Like, are you still that person if you're not the person that's checking in every day with the whole world about it? Like, you know, and that doesn't just relate to weight loss. That relates to everything. You know, every person on the, you know, it's this isn't just about, you know, weight loss culture. This is about social culture in general, you know, that, that we dive into there. Like, understanding our purpose and our in our lives meaning and all of those things. Like, but... I think what happens also, like, and you, I'm sure you can, you can resonate with this is especially when you're someone that has dealt with some severe food challenges, a lot of those great things that happen go away very quickly when you fall back into the old behavior. 
So when you are off track and all of a sudden those those brand new pants don't fit anymore and the the car is getting a little tighter and you're I am boots again and you go through those things where it's like that's it's it then it's like grasping at sand falling through your fingers and it's like what am I losing next? And that just creates So like I was saying, like you hit this point where all of those things that you you think that were the most important you were fighting for and really were in a lot of ways, accessing the world, being able to move through space, all of those things start slipping through your fingers like grains of sand. And now you're not just fighting food challenges and all of that again, but you're starting to see these things that you feel like you, you fought so hard for so long for go away rapidly, you know, especially when you're someone who is prone to putting weight back on easy, um, which many of us are. And it's easy to then get into almost like a depressive cycle with it because it's like, well, screw it. Like I, I put all that energy into fighting. I did all of this work and it's gone again. So why am I even trying? Like it's that, that mental, that mental trick is, is a trap that it's so easy to fall into, I think. And so then you're back in that place of, well, um, am I headed back to ground zero again? Like, what does that mean? Like, how do I even face that? Like, and then I, I think what happens, you know, in, you know, we're kind of now talking about that in limbo space of not just falling off track, but what it's like when you are off track is then, then the avoidance starts to come up again. And it's really easy to then just try to block it all out. And you're using food in the way you used to use food to help with emotions and all of those things. So then it even becomes easier to handle the, you're not feeling that sense of urgency. You're not feeling that sense of fear. Like you're back in that place of getting the dopamine hit from food. And you're allowing things just to move forward in that place. And that is a very scary place to be. You know, for me, you know, there was, there were times where I saw those things slip and it was almost like, what's the best way to describe it? Like, it's almost like you're on a boat, you know, that's in, and something falls off the side of the boat, but your, your boat's cut, the boat's cutting through the water with the wind at, at the sails. So there's no way to go back for it, you know? Or you're on a roller coaster and the hat flies off, you know, that sort of thing. There's no way to go back, you know, it's gone, you know. So you, you, are you keeping your head forward? Are you keeping your life going every day? What are you doing? Like, you then start to, you know, it's very easy to get overwhelmed by it all, you know. So getting back on track starts to feel like, you know, you're, you're being dragged out to sea and the pier is getting harder to see. You know, the, the shore is getting harder and harder to see by the day, no matter what you're doing, no matter how hard you're, pa you're, you're paddling against that, that riptide, you're getting drawn out and it just feels like, you know, everything's caving in on you. So do you care? Do you not care? Like, how do you, how do you face that without screaming? Like without screaming, you know, screaming for help, you know, cause most of us don't, like you said, you know, especially when, because of the, the shame associated with weight gain and falling off track and all of that, it's like if, if I scream that I'm in danger, what am I opening myself up to? Like, what am I, what am I saying to all these people? Like, how, how can I dare say that? Like, you know, it just becomes this thing that it's so easy to hide. And it's why you see it, you know, in, you know, go back to that idea of the social media space. You know, when people disappear, you know, I know for me, I'm like, okay, I know what happened when I would disappear from social media. Like... I want to make, is that person okay? Is there any way I can reach out to that person? Like to find out, you know, are they, you know, how can I throw them a lifeline? Because I know that when I would do that, that was the time that I felt like I was drowning again.
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you, you talk about, like you say, I think you hit the nail on the head that you can't go back and change things. Um, and I think that's a big part of, you know, uh, struggling is that you focus on that so much. Like, I should have done this and I should have done that. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, my thing is always keep moving forward is because y you have to. There's no, you know, whether you're successful or you're struggling, what happened yesterday, you can't change. I mean, the only thing you can change is what you do today and, and what you do tomorrow. Um, in the future, that's the only thing you have control of. Like what happened in the past is the past. And, but you know, I know for myself as part of the, the, the mental aspect of it, I dwell on the past with everything, weight loss, um, you know, um, emotional things, you know, losses, you know, with family members and stuff like that. And that's where I get to trouble. And, you know, I have trouble, you know, that's my, one of my struggles is putting that in the past and, and just going forward and like, you know, taking control today and tomorrow and, and, and making those days good. You know, I spend a lot of time just dwelling on like, you know, what if I did this and what if I did that? Where, you know, with weight loss, that's dangerous because, you know, either if you like success or no success, you, you can't, you, you can't go back. Um, and that's what I think why people do disappear is because they don't want to live off past successes and they don't want to show you their what they're going through now as far as their failures um and like i i try to if i if i was you know if i was friendly with somebody on social media and i don't hear or see them on there for a little while i'll just shoot them a dm hey and i'll just say hey is everything okay because uh, i know what i went through this year with anxiety and what you know weight gain and all this brought on it was like what we talked about like you know the bigger why is that I don't want to get sick. I don't want, you know, and all the things that come with being a bigger guy. And, you know, I've had panic attacks at work where the ambulance was called and um, I thought I was having a heart attack at work and the guy was taking my blood pressure. He's like, dude, your blood pressure is lower than mine and you're mid panic attack. You're okay. Um, but it, it happens now and then, like I was sick a couple weeks, uh, two weeks ago. And I gave myself anxiety because like, I'm, I'm thinking like, what if it's COVID and, you know, people die from COVID and you know you work yourself up into a, a a frenzy that I really wasn't dealing with when I was when I was lighter because I wasn't thinking about those things I wasn't worrying about those things and I got to kind of you know get that all in the past you know in the past and just worry about like you know not having that be a worry anymore and for, for me that's you know it, for me weight loss is just about as, as mental as it is physical and trying to control both at the same time is the struggle. And that, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now is that kind of like tug of war. No, that makes, that makes complete sense, man. And, and I think like, like, so let's, let's shift the, this focus to what you're talking about, you know, to this idea of getting back on track and what that can take and what it doesn't take, I think is a bigger part of it too, because I think everyone, you, you'll, I'm sure you've seen this, you know, I, I see it in, in conversations with people is, you know, I've been off track. How do I get back on track? What is the secret to getting back on track? What is the one, there's got to be something I'm missing because I'm not on track and I want to be there and I'm not. So what am I missing? You know, what is the secret ingredient that I'm missing that everyone else seems to have that I don't have? And I think that in and of itself is another one of those mental traps. Like, I think at the end of the day, like the biggest thing to realize is, you know, we know the tools that are out there to help us, you know, in terms of like way of eating, physical activity, what, what, 
diets I resonate with, what I don't resonate with, what foods help me, what foods hurt me, you know, all of those lessons, we've learned all those lessons. You know, you, you have that physical information. You know what that's like. So I think getting back on track is when it becomes even more of a mind game. You know, it becomes even more because one, it's about actually being brutally honest with yourself about getting back, you know, wanting to be back on track. Because I think there are times where we say we want to be back on track, but we're not really ready to be back on track. You know, oh yeah, you know, I'm back in it. I'm back in the game. Everything's great. And it's like, well, you know, but I really, I do, I, I do want to have that pizza one more time. You know, I do, I, I haven't yet found the perfect Reese's peanut butter cup. So when I find that, Still though, haven't. I'm getting back on track. Like <laughs> when I can find that, that's yeah. when, I, as soon as that happens though, I tell you I'm ready, you know, I am ready, but let me just, I just need to, I got to go, let me, I got to go take a call, you know, but as soon as I'm, you know, it's like you're talking to yourself, like, don't worry, you know, you're, 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 that healthy self is on the line waiting. And you're like, I just got one more call to take, you know, you're the next caller on the, on the show. I'm going to get to you soon. You know, you can, it's easy to get stuck in that, that limbo space. And I think a big part of getting back on track is brutal honesty with yourself about what you're doing, what you need to be doing. You know the plan to follow, you know, for the most part, for, you know, for most people. If the way of eating you were following before was not the one you should have used because you've identified challenges with it, it's great. Find something else, you know, pick another plan, but we know how to be on a diet. We know how to, <coughs> excuse me, you know, we know what it means, you know, whether that is someone who's doing portion control, whether they're doing WW, whether they're doing keto, whether they're doing something else, you know, they're, whether they're a, they're a primal carnivore, they're a, you know, a, a low carb, high something vegan, I don't know, you know, <laughs> whatever that looks like, we know what that looks like, we, we know what planning meals looks like, we know what getting our food ready looks like, we know all of that. It's about getting yourself ready to be in that space of saying, the switch that needs to be flipped is just one that you need to do. Like, I think get, flipping the switch to get back on track is as easy as flipping a light switch in a room. But you have to you have to know where that switch is. You have to be ready to do it. You have to be in that place of what are am I actually am you know be honest like am I actually ready to be back on track like am I ready to do this like am I ready to you know do, do I have it in the tank have I have I done the things you know examined the things that I need to examine have I dealt with whatever if there was something emotional that put you in that place of being off track have you actually processed that experience. You know, have you gone through what you needed to go through with that experience so that you can put this focus on your health so that you can say, I understand, you know, the path that I'm on. I have a clear vision of it. You know, I'm ready to be back in that fight. And sometimes it's as simple as just saying, I need to get up tomorrow and decide that I'm going to do it. And sometimes it's about saying, I know I'm not ready to get up tomorrow and do it. But I'm going to be conscious of the fact that I'm, you know, just working on mindfulness around whether you're ready to do it or not, like, I think becomes a big part of, of that getting back on track about being conscious about it. Like, I remember for me very clearly when, when I went keto in 2017, you know, it was February of 2017, we're, we're coming up on, on five years for me um, living this life. And I went off hard in July of 2017. Like, I, I fell off really hard. And... It was honestly, why I did it was, I just felt like I was tired and I was like, I'm not, I'm just not in the mood to do it. So I'm going off track. Like this is what's happening. And I went off track 
And for the first time ever in my life, though, I got back on track without years going by, you know, because that was usually what was my pattern was be successful, lose 50 pounds, lose 75 pounds, lose 100 pounds and fall off track for two years until I started to feel that fear again that I was I was damaging, you know, I was ruining my life, like my health, like putting my life in danger. And what I tried to do when I went off track that month was even though I wasn't ready to be back on an eating plan, I tried to stay in that place of mindfulness. You know, I tried to stay in that place of what am I doing? Why am I making these choices? I tried to be brutally honest with myself about what I was doing. And I eventually started to realize was as much of a thrill, you know, because for me, eating is a thrill, like it's, it's sport, you know, as thrilling as that was, I felt like garbage. You know, I was waking up feeling like hot garbage every day. You know, I was spending more time in the bathroom than I care to talk about. Like, and I finally was like, this doesn't feel great. This life wasn't as much fun as I, as I romanticized it. Because I think that's something that happens, you know, happens for me, is that I kind of romanticize the past. And, you know, I, I almost seduce myself back into it when I realize that, you know, it doesn't feel that great, you know. Eating till you're sick doesn't feel that great. You know, you used to do it all the time. But when you're conscious of the fact that you're making yourself physically ill with, with the food you're eating, it becomes a different thing. Like, it's almost like, it's like that person who is ready to quit smoking. And they're like, it's disgusting. I hate doing it. I know I need to quit. And they kind of live in that space, but they're still you know, the addiction driving it. I've, in a lot of ways, I feel like that's, you know, what would, was happening for me was I would be in that place of, I know this isn't doing anything good for me. I know I'm not actually getting anything out of this, but I'm still doing it. So I need to be ready to put that aside. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you get like, you know, like you said, like you have those moments where you, you it's not as glorious as you thought it would be. And it's true. Like, you know, you, you I explain it to some people like I wake up with like a food hangover. Like you, your body feels like you were out drinking all night. Like it's your body is just dehydrated. Your, your stomach's a mess. You know, your your mind feels cloudy because you, you've got you know you ate too much sugar or whatever it is. All that stuff like plays into it. You know where like the fun part is. You know when you're sitting down to that meal or eating, you know, or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was to me. I, that was the worst part was getting up the next day and just you know having to actually just like actually needing time to get up and get ready for the day and like you know where it's like when I was on when I'm on track, I get up, I'm up, and like you know I worked into like gym routines in the morning, which I can never believe that you know now I'm like you know. This past year, like just getting out of bed has been like a uh, sometimes is a chore, you know, because you're so tired and, and groggy from you know the, the food uh, hangover. Um, you know, like, how did I ever do that? Like, how did I, how did I get up at f five o'clock in the morning and go right to the gym? How how was that? How was that me? Like, how did I walk four miles every Saturday without like and enjoyed it and like live for it and and like couldn't imagine not never doing it again. Like, you know, and I have to now get that, that back. And, you know, like you said, though, the, the realization of the, this is not fun. Like, you know, feeling this way and everything where it does come crashing down. That stuff is like, you know, kind of pushing me more and like, you know, helps me make better choices. And, you know, I'm, I'm confident I, I will, I will 
get back to all that stuff. But, you know, at the same time, like, I'm human. And as I talked about before, not dwelling on it, but it just doesn't, it, it annoys me and it frustrates me that, like, here we go again. Um, I'm like, you know, like, well, how many more years is it now? And like, then I think about what my dad always said, and I've said on my podcast a million times, he said, you know, that time's going to go by anyway. What are you going to do with it? And, you know, yeah, you have to tell yourself that and you have to get that in your head because otherwise it, you're going to set yourself up for a big failure again. And like, you know, like you said, how many more of these I have in me? I don't know. Um, I'm hoping I have one more. I just, I just, I, I, I don't want any more. I want one more. And I want it to be that, that's it forever. Well, and I think honestly, like, cause I feel like I've, I've had those same thoughts. I think it's about getting out of that thought. Yeah. You know, it's dropping that idea of what do I have in me? You yeah. know, it's because I think then you're giving yourself, you know, and again, I say this as someone that does it, you know, and has done it, you're giving yourself permission to not be on track. You know, I don't, you know, because it's almost like you build up like, could because being on track is this precious thing that I might only have so many of them in me that I better not use it till I'm ready to use it. Because what if I, bur you know, it's like, it's like being, tra you know, I don't know. It's like being trapped in a blizzard. And the power's out, and you've only got so many, you think you've only got so many candles. But the reality is, every day that we wake up, we've got a candle. You know, there's yeah. going to be a candle there, you know, and it's whether we choose to light it or not. And I think something, you know, that I had to face, you know, that was really hard for me was because I got such a, you know, I've, I've talked about before on the podcast, you know, I was very much a sneak eater. You know, that was a big part of my life, you know, that, that my eating was, you know, as, as public as it was at times, it was mostly private. You know, it was mostly private eating. And if it, we keep something private like that, it's not giving us anything, you know, in the end. Like, it's really, it's it's not, it's not doing for us what we think it is because yeah. it's bringing, what it brings along with it more than anything is shame. You know, the idea that you have, you're hiding it from people. You know, if you're going to do it, do it in front of everyone. Like, do it publicly. You know, don't, you know. And again, I'm not directing this at you, but I'm directing this at someone who's out there who's like, you know, in that place of feeling like, well, when I do this, when I fall off track, you know, I, I have to hide it. I, it. You know, I think that the not shining a light on things allows it to fester and grow. You know, it allows it to be something, you know, that that's the because that's the thing for me that I, I love about the social media side of things is people that don't always feel because I don't always feel like they can make that connection with someone who's right in front of them, whether that's for fear or shame. Cause that's something that I honestly really felt like, because when I lost, you know, when I lost the 300 pounds the first time, you know, I was very, I had a Facebook group that had thousands of members back when Facebook was a thing um, that was used that way. <laughs> you know, I had a Tumblr blog back before Tumblr was a, a porn cesspool. Um, you know, I had a Tumblr blog that was, you know, about what I was, you know, I had reflections every day and I would post and post food and recipes and all of that. And, you know, I allowed all of that to go away because I didn't want to, you know, shine a light on what I was actually doing. You know, I didn't want to bring, to drag that back out into the light because when I allowed it to be private, it was allowed to continue. You know, that was something yeah. that was really hard for me. Like that idea of, of not saying to anyone that I'm in trouble and I need support and I need accountability and I need those things. Like I, I think there's there's a way to use things not as a place to get. I didn't want someone to clap for me 
because I admitted those things, but I needed to have it outside of my own head, you know, because I think when things live inside of our own head, we're able to, like I've said it before on this show too, you know, we are great at telling ourselves lies. We are great at convincing ourselves. Like I feel like people that have been significantly overweight would make the best lawyers because we can make <laughs> we can make incredible cases for why our behavior should continue to ourselves. Like oh, we can absolutely. justify anything, and I think it's when you take it from that place of of justifying it just to yourself, but justifying it outside of yourself that you start to be like, well, I I don't really want to be justifying this anymore, and by keeping it inside is me allowing it to continue. It's me allowing that to happen. So for, if you're someone out there who's in that place, realize. That, and that can be talking to a friend, that can be going back to someone who was a support when you were actively losing weight before, that can be talking to friends and family, you know, it can be admitting to people, like, for for me, I, when I decided to change, like, my Instagram was, you know, pop culture and food and fat guy fun and all of that before it, I became Gourmet Goes Keto on, on Instagram, and I struggled with talking again about what I was doing, about the, the health journey I was on, because I was in that place of, are people going to watch just to watch me fail again? Can I do this? Am I actually committing to this? Like, before I made that change in terms of how I focused my account, I needed to know for me, like, I, I think I it was six months into my journey before I really started talking about it. Because I had to prove to myself that I was actually doing it. Like I was afraid, you know, to talk about it because I'm like, what if I just screw off again? You know, what if I, you know, what if this is just not meant for me? What, you know, all of those questions that are about doubt and fear were allowed to fester, you know, and I finally just reached a point where I'm like, no, this is the life that I'm living. This is what I'm choosing. You know, it's about meeting yourself where you're at sometimes, you know, and giving yourself grace over saying today wasn't perfect but I know what I need to do. You know, I can define what a perfect day looks like. And if that's 10 things that make that day perfect and I'm start doing five of them, I'm halfway there. Like allowing yourself to realize that getting back on track does not look like a mangled, you know, that idea of you use, use the track metaphor. It's not that the train tracks are gone, you know, have been blasted away and are, mang are mangled. It, it doesn't mean then they go back to looking like they're perfectly going in the right direction anymore. It's about realizing that there's still a track there and you're doing, like you said, you know, when you're, you're the name of your podcast now, you know, keep moving forward. You know, sometimes it's about inching forward. You know, I, I, I made a post years ago on my now deleted account where I talked about sometimes a weight loss journey feels like you're having to move a mountain. Like it's your job to move that mountain. And some days you have a backhoe and some days you have a teaspoon, but you're still, it's still about chipping away at that mountain every day, no matter what size implement you have, you know, so some days are teaspoon days and some days are atomic bomb days and realize that they're all okay, you know, and that you're okay and you're not a bad person, you know, and getting out of that place of negative self-talk is just so important, you know, for the mindset side of things that you're not, don't define yourself as a failure. You may have failed at some things. You may have made mistakes. You may have made the wrong choices. You may have regrets. You know, that's that other part of dwelling in the past. We start to then take on that identity of being a failure. You know, well, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just not someone who can have success in this area. Maybe that's not meant for me. And it's like, well, if you think that, that's what it's going to be. You know, 
there has to be some glimmer of belief. And that's the hardest thing to get back sometimes. You know, that idea that you actually have faith in yourself and what you what you want to do for yourself can sometimes be the hardest part of it all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think about that, like you talk about chipping away. I thought of the Shawshank Redemption when you said that. Um, because that guy dug through, a, you know, the prison walls, took him, to, you know, 20 years, but he got out. Like, you know, that's like, you think about like things like that, like, because what we think about it right away is the what we have to move or lose. You know, like, I got to lose 300 pounds. And that's right. Okay, well, you're not going to lose it tomorrow. It's you chip away at it. And then, you know, as time goes by, there it is. And, you know, it's gone. And, you know, and, and I think that's a lot of times, you know, what, what gets us, you know, you know, off of our track or whatever is the sheer, you know, size of what we have to do and the, the job in hand. And you, you know, it's, it becomes overwhelming sometimes. And I, 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 for me, that that sometimes I can get to that mindset too, where I, you know, I'm guilty of it as much as I preach about it on my podcast and, and everything else about how not to do it. But you know, you're human like everybody else, and you have the same feelings. But like you know, you said these things like you know, it's, it's true. Some days are going to be fantastic. You get up, you're motivated, you do your thing, uh, you get a workout in, you eat right, and then some days you wake up and it's like it's a struggle just to be like, no, I'm going to eat like I'm going to eat what I'm supposed to. And I'm not going to just go off the rails. And, and, you know, like you said, like the best line, the, the best line I've ever said is I still haven't found the best Reese's peanut butter cup yet. And, you know, it's true. That's like, that's how I eat them. Like I'm like, I'm looking for that one that's going to be like, well, that's it. Um, but I can say that about a number of different things like Snickers or, you know, pizza or hamburgers or whatever. Um, those days are the days where like, it's the, the fight is real, you know, the easy, you know, when, when it seems easy, it's, it's great. And, you know, it's very, um, it's not a struggle at all to, to, to get through it, but those, it's, it's the days where it's harder than, than most things, um, where I think people quit and give up and, and don't, you know, push to see that day where it is easier again. And it's. And sometimes, like I, I think the word the word you use that I think is really important for people out there to hear is it can be overwhelming. And, yeah. But realizing that that's okay, that everyone gets overwhelmed. Like that's the other. You know, <laughs> again, I don't want this. I, I feel like now we can subtitle this like the good and the bad, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of social media. But that's not what this <laughs> is about. But I think also we fall into a comparison trap, and it seems like everyone else is is doing great every day, and you know, it's cliche to say it now because so many people say it all the time, but you know, not everyone shows the bad days. They just show the good days. No, you know, it's really. that idea of realizing, you know, that every person out there is human, you know, yeah. and every person has those moments where they make choices, where they regret those choices. But like, there's a, cu a couple things that I'd just like to remind people of is like, it's always the next choice that matters most. You know, our lives are not defined by the choices that we've made. It's we're defined by the choices we make going forward. Like there's and also there's never tomorrow. You know, you we always want to put things off till tomorrow. There's never tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes because when you wake up tomorrow, it's today. You know, another fun cliche that I just think is so true. And like we can't go back and change the past. We can't define the future until we get there. So why don't I worry about what I'm doing today? And make sure that what I'm doing today is enough. And I, I say this all the time when I when I talk to clients who are like, well, I just don't know if I have two years of fight in me. 
Um, for me, what I've come down to realize is that I lived that before life, that life of self-harm and all of those things for a so almost a solid four decades. You know, like this, for me, these issues probably started when I was like eight, nine, ten in there, all of that. So, you know, I'm going to be, when am I going to be this year? 49. Um, so if I lived four decades of not caring and not trying and not doing anything, and if it, it takes me four decades to get it all right, then then I can start complaining. Then I have a right to complain about it. You know, it, so it's, let's go another four decades, you know, like say I started in so February, you know, 2017, I was 44. So when I'm 84, if I'm like, why the hell am I still dealing with these issues? Then I have a right to complain. Then I can be like, okay, I'm getting the short end of a stick. This isn't fair. You know, all of those things that we say all the time, you know, that's when I allow myself to do that. Because until then, I'm still working. You know, I need to, it, it, it takes, there's a price to pay in everything that we do in life. And sometimes the, the bill is as, is as big as, you know, I look, you know, I guess I look at it as the bill I have to, I have to square up to, to reclaim my health might be just as big as the meal I ate to get me there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, great. you know, I'm coming up on five years too. Like mine's May 1st. Mm -hmm. I was, you mentioned that. I'm like, wow, I haven't even think about like, like, you know, five years of, of trying. I mean, mm -hmm. you think about it that way too. Like, you know, it's, you're, you know, even when, you know, you're struggling, you're still trying, which is to me, you know, uh, I, to me is important because mm -hmm. like your, your head's in it still. Mm -hmm. To me, it's when you don't think about those things. Like it's not, you know, that you've been doing it since X amount of days, and like you know, um, you know, I if I didn't still know that that date and I didn't care about that date, to me that would be a scary thing because you know now that I'm coming up on five years, it's like five years of my life that I've really you know I've cared about my health, mm -hmm. where I could think about where most years of my life I didn't. And to me, that that I I am so thankful for. One hundred percent. And I think, yeah. you know, I don't want people just to hear us kind of wallowing in all these. You know, wallow is not the right <laughs> word, but you know, wallowing <laughs> in these things that we've been through and these lessons we've learned and all of yeah. that. You know, I want them to think about the things that they can do to actually help. Like if they're feeling in that place of being off track, and one of the things that I talk to people about doing all the time, whether you're a man, a woman, child, whatever. Um, is getting into a pattern of daily reflection. And the biggest reflection I, th I think I can tell someone, you know, I would encourage someone to do if they are trying to get back on track is not just have a plan in place that you know you should be following, but every day at the end of the day before you go to bed, sitting down and saying, what did I do today for myself? Yeah. Because I think sometimes we don't pay attention to things that we do, so we miss things. And then we also allow ourselves to go to bed not caring about whether we did or didn't do anything. And I think asking yourself that question of what I did today forces you to examine the fact that, you know, your food might not have been 100%, but hey, it was 75%. You know, I had, you know, two great meals and one that wasn't so great. That's two better things. You know, that's two things I did for myself that were better than the day before. You know, 100%, 100%. I, you know, I may not have hit 10,000 steps, 
but I hit 2,000 steps, you know. I, I, I had a client that I worked with who the step goal for this person was not that significant in terms of what you see other people posting. You know, I got 50,000 steps today, or I do 13 miles every day, or I ran 45 miles in five minutes. Like, And so at first, they were very much like, how can I even set, you know, how can I set that as a step goal? I said, because for you, that's significant. <clears throat> for you, that's what, and doing that is a significant achievement. So let's just focus on what that significant achievement is for you. You don't have, don't fall into the comparison trap. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't, don't compare your, you're listening out there. Don't compare yourself to me and Anthony. Compare yourself just to you. You're the only competition that you have to win against in these battles. You know, you're really the only person that you have to prove anything to, you know, so Every day, reflect. And if, if you hit the end of the day and you can't think of one thing that you did for yourself, think about if you're okay with that. You know, am I okay with going to bed realizing I didn't do one thing today to take care of myself? And if you're not okay with that and you're struggling, find someone that can help. And I'm not saying that as an ad for go out and find a coach. I'm saying if that means you need to talk to a therapist, you need to talk to your family, you know, if you're, you know, I, especially I think during the past two years with the pandemic, you know, a lot of people have been forced into living much more isolated lives than they did before, you know, and so if you're a person following a weight loss plan, but you're living in a house of people that are not, you may be surrounded by food that challenges you every day. So maybe it, me it means having a conversation saying, can we keep that food in one cabinet so I don't have to go into that cabinet to get the food that I eat, you know, or can I have a space that's my own? Like, thinking about what you need to do to take care of yourself. Okay, I get up to, you know, and I know, you know, there are people out there listening who are like, it's been a couple days since they've had a shower, you know, it's been, a, you know, because it's hard, you know, it's physically hard to do different things. So my goal tomorrow is I'm going to make sure I get up and I take care of my, you know, I, I clean my body. Like I did that, you know, though, because you'll realize eventually as that list of things you're doing to take care of yourself grows, that you want to do more. You know, you start to you start to not be satisfied with where you're at. You know, so you start to go back to that place of what am I working towards? Why am I doing this? And what is the actual because it's not just about knowing why, and you know this, you know, you and I both know this. It's not just about knowing like that deeper why that's motivating us. It's about what is the actual action I'm taking. Because you can have all the goals in the world you can have a clear reason why those goals are important. But if you're literally not doing anything to move you towards those goals, you can't be upset with the results you're getting. You haven't oh, earned 100%. that. You know, they haven't, 100%. you know, you ha I never, when I did not do anything to change my health, I did not earn the right to complain about my health not getting better. You know, magic isn't going to come into play and fix everything for a person. You know, so it is about what are the things that I can do? And being honest and realistic, what can I manage right now? Like you talked about that, like the place, different places that we're in, like, what can I do right now? You know, and I have to define what can I do right now and be okay with that's where I'm at. You know, yeah. especially if you're someone who was getting up every day at five o'clock in the morning to go to the gym and you were going to the gym six times a week and you know, you dealt with the past, you know, you don't have access to a gym anymore. Whatever's changed. Okay. So I'm not in that place anymore, but where am I at today? What would help me today? You know, what can I do tomorrow that's going to make me move forward from where I'm at today? Yeah, and like, you know, and we, I know we, we, we sound like we, we were bashing social media a lot too, but there are good 
good aspects of it. And one of the aspects I really like of it, you know, you're talking about, you know, being more isolated, is that somebody who, you know, who can relate to what you're going through is, is literally a click away. And, you know, that's what I use it for, the positive of it. Like, you know, you know, we've never lived in the same town, you know, you even you live on the East Coast, but like, you know, still could, I could check in with you. I could um, shoot you a message, tell you what's going on. I'm struggling this and that. And like, you know, I, you know, you've got to find your tribe and, and, there are people out there that are going through, you know, the same kind of struggles and, and things that you're going through. Of course, it's not the same exact thing because everybody's different. But, you know, you that's one of the benefits, I think, of social media. And one of the things that, especially, we live in a more isolated times where, you know, you can reach out to somebody and just have somebody to talk to. And to me, that's the most important thing about social media. You know, it's Got a lot of negatives, but the the I think the most positive thing about it is that it, it brings the world a little closer together, um, where somebody is not so far away. There's just, you can have a conversation with somebody um, in another state across the country, and you know it. It's just like you're talking to somebody like you know who lives down the block, and that I think what people need to use that use it maybe for more for that than anything else. Like I said, it's not a competition. If I lose weight faster than somebody else or somebody else loses that way faster than me no one's gonna get a trophy for it you know it's your your journey your your life um but you could still have have people in your corner and that's that's what i use it for and to me i've been very grateful and, and, and thankful for it um because you know there's a you're included in that list of people i can just reach out to and and bounce things off of and or from you know say listen i'm struggling you know and talk it out and um that was one of the things that when i first started my podcast is that people said like i don't have any kind of a workshop or meeting or anything near me this is kind of like my thing and i'm like well great that's <laughs> that's the reason why i started and you know it makes me feel good to hear that because i'm lucky i live in a place where there's if i if i need support there's places all around there's people all around um but i always say turn the social media find people on instagram who are going who are doing what you're doing and even they're not doing like i most of my friends now were, were people that weren't you know doing what i was doing um but i still drew inspiration from them and, and their journeys and i think that people but like i said now the world is you know hopefully going to open more up but you know if we still continue to be isolated um, finding that inspiration and people talking to on social media w would be a good thing. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I think, cause I think also sometimes people ask that question of like, how do you make those connections? How do you build those connections? This is one of the challenging parts of it, but I think it's about being open. I think yeah. it's about sharing what you're going through so that other people know, because no one can read your mind. No one can tell exactly what's going on. So finding that voice for yourself to at least say, I resonate with that, you know, comment on someone's post. I'm going through the same thing. If anyone wants to talk about it, I'm here or post yourself. This is what I'm doing right now. This is, this is my accountability plan. These are the things that I'm going to be doing every day now, you know, and then check in on it and people will see it and people will start to respond and you can start to build some of those connections. Like there's, you know, I, I I'm always want to recommend, you know, I'm always loathe to recommend, you know, Facebook groups and things along those lines, but there's a lot of places now, you know, you know, forums and yeah. channels and now on clubhouse, you can go into rooms and like 
Discord servers and all of those different places. Like there are groups where you can just put your put your you know, wave your hand out and say, this is something that I'm dealing with too. And don't be afraid to do that. And again, that sometimes means stepping outside of your comfort zone. But that's really what, in a lot of ways, this journey is, you know, for most of us, it was about the fact that we lived our lives in our comfort zones. And sometimes we retreat back into them and realize that we have to get out of that comfort zone again. And so finding your way out of that comfort zone can end up being one of the most life-changing aspects of what you do in the end. I agree, hundred percent. I, I know I get my comfort zones, and they're called comfort zones for a reason because they're right. very comfortable, mm-hmm. very, very comfortable. Um, and you feel safe there, and you, you know it, and it's very, you know. But one thing I did, and I, I this is what I miss about, um, you know, when I was really on track and I was losing, I lost two hundred pounds and all that stuff. Like I, I enjoyed being out of my comfort zone and trying new things. Um, where I, um, that's why I look forward to getting that back is that I, I wasn't so quick to say no to things. Um, and I, and that's one thing I, I want to get back is that, you know, almost element of surprise in life where you, you do something where you, you know, you were you probably wouldn't have done it, you know, normally, but like you took the chance, took the risk and it turned out to be a really good experience. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, getting back on track and everything. 100% man. And the again another cliche, you know, comfort kills. Like, yeah, that's something that is is should resonate with a lot of people out there that are listening. Realizing that a lot of times those things that give us comfort and gave us joy and gave us all of those things were also giving us a shorter life. And it's about knowing that that's not what you want and fighting like heck sometimes. And understand if you're listening to this, you know, we're not implying it by any means that any of this is easy. You know, that anything that anyone is going through is easy, you know, no. but we're not guaranteed anything easy in life. You know, there's nothing we, don't, we there's nothing that we all deserve or have earned or any of those things. Like you put five years into your journey. It doesn't mean that you've earned five years of ease. Like I'm, I, I wish I wish it was that way. But the yeah. reality is that in the end of the day, it isn't. So realize that sometimes a big part of identifying why you go off track and what gets you back on track is again about getting uncomfortable and being willing to do that. And I really appreciate you coming on the show and hopefully it wasn't too uncomfortable of a discussion. You know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm awkward, but I, I appreciate you coming on, man. If I do, I don't want us to go on for hours. I feel like we probably could, oh, yeah. but I do think there's, there's some good things we shared here that hopefully will help some people that are listening. And if they want to do want to connect with you or listen to your podcast, man, where do people find you? Sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram at comic Anthony D. Uh, that's probably the best place to go. My podcast is called keep moving forward with Anthony Domenico. That's me. And you can find that uh, anchor.fm slash KMF podcast uh, on, you know, Apple or really any place you get your Spotify, any place you can listen to your, your uh, podcast, it's available there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and people, if you want to reach out, I mean, um, you know, I'm in the same boat you guys are over at Comic Anthony D. And, like, you know, I, you know, it's been, this is, this is a, you know, not, you know, not a fun topic, but, like, you know, because, you know, we wish that we were, you know, down where we were down, but like I, this is, I think needed to be done. And because, you know, when I, I did an episode a couple of weeks ago, um, where I really talked about, I didn't think I was going to get into it like I did, mm-hmm. but I, I talked about what was going on and, um, 
I got a lot of good feedback from people um, just saying that they were in the same boat, that they're going through the same thing, that, you know, listen, these last two years have been hard on people for all different kinds of reasons. You know, it's not just people being sick, but people have lost people. People have lost jobs, um, you know, relocated. I mean, there's a lot of things have happened to a lot of different people these last two years where, you know, their weight loss kind of took a back seat in a way, and now they're trying to get back into it, and how mm -hmm. do I do that? Um, so thank you for having me on today. This was, this was a blast to come on and uh, talk about it. Well, thank you again, man. I I don't want to – you've been through the Fat Guy 5 more than once. Uh, we're not going to – we won't do that to the audience. They can go back and listen. Um, they can go back. And, they, we Heck, we even did a whole episode about um, – funny fat guys so they can go back yeah, to that, that was, as well we had a good time with that one so that i one. i just really appreciate you man and everyone out there like again take away from this and realize that in the end it's it's not about pursuing perfection it is about doing what you need to do to take care of yourself and like anthony said a, a lot of us have been through things over the past couple of years that have changed our very reality you know, have changed the way our lives are lived every day. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to respond to that. It's okay that different things took priorities at different times. And if making yourself and your health a priority is something that you're working on, you know that we're here for you. You can reach out to Anthony. I'll have all of his links in the notes. If you want to talk to me, you can always reach me at Gourmet Goes Keto on Instagram, Gourmet Goes Keto on Twitter. I'm trying to be better about keeping up with Twitter. It just moves so fast over there. It does. I'm, I'm too old. It moves there. so fast. <laughs> you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And hey, whether you're feeling it or not, go out there and do something today to amaze yourselves. Because my friends, you are the most amazing people I know. And I'm glad that you were here with us again. And catch us again on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.